is Motley Fool Money. Welcome to Motley Fool Money, the podcast where we're all about results. Well, this week at least, not just forecasts and good intentions. I'm Andrew Page and joining me as always is Scott Phillips. G'day Andrew, g'day fools, good to be with you. Today we're going to hit the earnings highlights as we check in on Woolies, Coles owner Wes Farmers, Blackmore's, Seek, the Flying Kangaroo and everyone's favourite $2 shop, the Reject Shop. And we'll try to work out what the hell is happening with share prices in the wake of some of these results. Some really odd moves there. We'll dig into that later. But first, Scott, a whistle-stop tour of the most recent results. Let's start with the big supermarkets. Firstly, with Woolworths. Now, this was an interesting one, wasn't it? These guys have been around for a long time. They've got an incredible history. But, man, what a result. Full-year loss of one2 billion dollars with a b its first annual loss as a listed company whole bunch of write downs as a result of that they flogged off the masters business um, but even if you exclude these sort of one-off costs you're still looking at underlying profit down about 65 percent and to add insult to injury they cut the dividend too quite substantially in fact down 54 percent Tell us a bit about it. Don't bother looking for the good news, listeners. There was very, very little good news in the Woolworths result. $1.2 billion worth of mm-hmm. losses. Uh, the big supermarkets, Andrew, this is a little bit smaller as a result of some of those, uh, so, some of that result over the last 12 months. Woolies was a really tough story, and this is very much, I guess this is a couple of components. The first is Woolworths was a company that really was flying high, doing a wonderful, wonderful job for a very, very long time. It fell victim to its own hubris. Mm. Under the previous management team, it started to decide, well, you know what? Those consumers, they don't need quite so many discounts. They don't need prices that are quite so low. Let's keep a bit more of that for ourselves. And you know what? Shareholders loved it. Shareholders said, great work. Keep going. Yeah, take more of that money and give it well, to us. Well, the earnings growth was wonderful. Don't worry about the customers. Yeah. Just give us the money. Totally. If you've been shopping in a Woolworths recently, and more importantly, if you've been shopping at Coles, you know what that resulted in. That resulted in Woolworths seeding ground to Coles. Look. Coles was dead on the mat. Woolworths had a you know, foot on the Coles throat. It pretty much had to stay mm. there. It's all it had to do. Yeah. But he said Woolies got a bit full of its own hubris, stepped away, started celebrating the good things, and all of a sudden Coles came from effectively nowhere and over a series of a couple of years really took its business away from it. This is the culmination of exactly that. This is Woolies basically saying, you know what? We were wrong. We screwed up. We got it wrong. Now it's time to reset ourselves. Taking some medicine, so to speak. Exactly. But things things did start to look up a little bit. We saw some same store sales growth there, the first time in a long time, and that's a really important metric for, for investors to look at. Um, so that's something to be said for that. Um, they, they've kind of pulled the Band-Aid off in one quick move too, haven't they? So, they, you know, although things have come back, you know, there is optimism that maybe the worst is is behind them and now they can get back to growing the business. That's certainly the hope. When it comes to supermarkets, same store sales growth or comparable sales growth is the thing they need to get more of than anything. And this is, they want to make sure no matter how many new stores you open, are the stores you've already got growing or shrinking? For the last three or so years, I think they've been shrinking. They've finally returned back to growth. That does suggest that consumers are now returning to Woolies in some shape or form, realizing that Woolies have caught up with Coles on pricing. Maybe now it's time to go back and shop at Woolies. So for you, Scott, uh, buy? No, I don't think so, Andrew. Look, 25 bucks on a share as we record this. Uh, very, this is a business with a great history, a storied history. It was one of the best companies on the ASX, but one of the best cultures. I don't know if they've necessarily recaptured that. I wouldn't be selling at 25 bucks, but no, not, not, not a buy for me. Motley Fool Money. For more, go to fool.com.au forward slash triple M. Okay, let's stay with supermarkets and let's go across to Wes Farmers. Now, Wes Farmers are the guys that own Coles. And as you've said, Coles has been going great guns um, relative to Woolies, that's for sure, over the last few years. 
Uh, they saw sales up 5.7%. Now, they don't just own coals, of course. There's Bunnings in there. There's some other mining assets, et cetera. Quite a, quite a diverse conglomerate. But sales up 5.7% across the group. Profit, though, 83% down. Now, again, in here, we have some, you know, these non-cash asset write-downs. As we discussed in previous weeks, that's still a real cost. But if you strip that out, well, things still went backwards, down about 3.5%. Yeah, West Farm is made up of Coles, Bunnings, of course, Officeworks, um, Kmart, Target. They own some coal mines. They own some insurance operations. West Farm is one of the last remaining old-style conglomerates. We had a bit of everything rumbled together. Mm. Um, a really well-run business and a very high-class, yeah. high-quality management team at West Farmers. True. The business had, look, Target is a basket case. Kmart is a little mm. bit better, but not much. Mm. Um, they cost a fortune trying to sort that target business out and fundamentally they haven't fixed it yet. No. Also the coal business there, they're really still struggling to get coal back and, and working again. They were where the major write downs were yeah. taken. What a tough year it's been for coal though. It really has. Yeah. Look, you know, the coal price actually recovered more recently, but, um, but not soon enough for, for West farmers mm. and really they've, they've just been absolutely whacked with that. So the write downs are real, as you said, Andrew, yep. but you know, the health of the main businesses are still very good. Coal's business is still strong growing same source size. We talked about about three and a half percent, I want to say, mm. um, which is down from some of the more recent numbers of four and a bit. But again, with Woolies coming back, you've got to share some of that with someone and, and Woolies is taking a little bit of growth out of Coles, but still very, very strong growth. Their Bunnings business is fantastically profitable and fantastic what a great business. What an awesome business. Look, that, without getting too much into the metrics and the jargon, Andrew, they get a return on their capital of about 35, 36%. That means- That's every, for every buck spent. They're getting a you know, 36 cent return. Correct. For every yeah. dollar that's invested in that business, they're getting 36 cent every single year. That means mm. you get your money back every two and a half years or so, which is a spectacular result. Bunnings is very much the jewel in the crown. Office work's doing very well as well. And Cole's doing pretty well. So look, terrible headline result. Um, but this is a business going places. And quite frankly, the management team, they're very, very, very high class, high quality management team. I'd very much back them to beat the market. So if things are okay, you know, below the surface and, you know, you account for the variability in some of these things like the mining side and whatnot, we still saw the dividend being cut by 7%. And when you see such a big blue chip company with, you know, a, a really good stable of assets on, on, under its umbrella, does, does that not point to some, some actual weakness there? Should we be worried that they've, they've paired back the dividend? Look, it's, it's very much a cash story here. West Farm is very, very smart managers of capital. And so despite, ironically, despite the, the losses, um, you know, yes, the dividends come back a little bit, but, but realistically, this is a story of future growth. You know, you don't want to bank last year's earnings with last year's dividend. You want to invest in a business for its future returns. Yep. Um, I'd back West Farmers management to, um, to continue to really do a good job there. I think you'll find this will be a, a low point, And I think in four or five years time, the business will be doing much, much better than it is today. So would you buy it? Yeah, I think West Farmers is a buy. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be spending all my money on West Farmers shares, but West Farmers is a buy for me. Motley Fool Money. Financial advice for real people, not trust fund hippies. Sign up for the newsletter at fool.com.au forward slash triple M. Let's move on now. We've been talking about supermarkets. Let's talk a bit about Blackmores, and they sell a lot of their product through supermarkets yeah, as well. Now, how's this for a result? 54% increase in sales, but there's a bit of leverage in that business or operating leverage. Uh, and the profit more than doubled 115%. In fact, over the last couple of years, earnings have pretty much quadrupled. Um, sales directly into China. They sell a lot of um, a lot of the stuff that they sell in Australia. Ultimately, ends up in China th thanks to this this grey market or the suitcase trade, as it's as it's sometimes <laughs> called. But the direct sales, the ones that they did themselves into China, um, still a, a fairly nascent business. But five hundred and thirty six percent increase in profit there. 
that was a pretty good result, wasn't it? Yeah, 536% increase is a nice number. I'll, t- I'll take that any day of the week, frankly. Sure. Uh, Blackmore's really getting it done. This is a business that has really bolted out of the blocks when it comes to selling product into China, largely indirectly, quite frankly, as you've already mentioned, the suitcase trade, even frankly, mm. some small businesses set up in Australia yeah. by, by some Chinese expats who are sending product back mm. effectively as a, as a business in the itself. The so-called Daigu. Correct, correct. Yeah. So, um, you know, this is, a, this is a, a very successful business. These guys, Swiss, some others have done very well selling vitamins, even things like infant formula, Bellamy's in particular, yeah. doing some good business there. Yeah. The difference for Blackmores is they're still in the nascent stages of getting a direct Chinese operation set up. And yeah. so there is still some more growth to come. If they can remain relevant to Chinese consumers become more relevant over time to more people mm. there is a very bright future ahead but this this last year was a story of Blackmore's being more relevant to more people mm. uh, and, and very much you know delivering on on that taking the, the brand Australia if you like mm. um, Australian quality Australian cleanliness Australian everything else to China uh, for what it's worth by the way most of Blackmore's products don't come from Australia they get mm. bottled in Australia mm. most products come from outside that but the halo effect and quite frankly our regulatory and testing regimes yep. enough to convince Chinese consumers that Blackmore's is a brand they know and trust um, and they're buying it in droves. Yep. Um, well, what about the what about the fact that they were saying that the so far in the current year, so they reported for, on the last year, things have slowed down a bit. That's got to be a bit of a worry after such strong growth. Have, have, have we hit a tipping point or is it a bump in the road? Yeah, that is the challenge. Blackmore has been an absolute tear for probably 18 months, maybe. Um, the last quarter, in fact, this current quarter, last quarter was relatively flattish mm. and this quarter actually the first quarter of the new financial year they're saying will be down on the previous mm. one so mm. that's a big that's a big fall and really this is Blackmore saying look the hyper growth we've had isn't continuing now the company says that it's because there are more people buying direct those Daigo and others buying directly from the company rather than buying through the the, the, the retailers the pharmacies the supermarkets right. and they've, they've perhaps overstocked in, in anticipation of higher sales growth they're, they're running that inventory down now yeah that's that's the, that's the theory I, I don't mm. really think any company knows for sure Blackmore's that's their best stab they'll probably be Pretty right, I guess, about that. Mm. Um, it does, though, leave investors questioning just a little bit whether there is enough fuel in the tank, if you like, enough mm. enough un- unmet demand to really get that growth happening. Um, that is the key challenge for Blackmores is to make sure that after this transition, they can be relevant. And the longer-term challenge for the company is to make sure they get direct sales into China directly, so you get more products listed by the Chinese authorities and, and really sell directly to China rather than relying on either the suitcase trade, as you say, or the Daigu who are, who are based in Australia and selling product back to the Chinese mainland. Are you a buyer? I'm not Andrew. I like the I like the brand a lot. I'm a, I'm a former employee, for the record. Um, I, I like the brand a lot. I think it's a it's a strong brand with a strong base in Australia. Um, for me, the, the the jury's a little bit out on the on the growth of that business. They really have to prove they can do it. Mm. Uh, I think they're frankly probably likely to. Uh, on a valuation basis, I'm not ready just yet to pull the pin. Uh, although I do know you have a different view. Oh, you're allowed to be wrong, mate. I'm, I've always said that. <laughs> you're you. allowed to be wrong. I think it's I think it's pretty good value at this point in time. <laughs> Value stocks, markets, stock market, index, share market. This is Motley Fool Money. Subscribe to the free newsletter at fool.com.au forward slash triple M. Let's go to Seek. Now, Seek, another one that was interesting. Sales up about 11%, but profit was down 4%. Now, partly that was due to a sale of a business they had. Um, underneath the core division, which accounts for pretty much half of their, their profit, we saw sales and operating profit. They're up about 15%. What did you make of these numbers? 
Yeah, so we talk about diversification being a good thing most of the time. Unfortunately, Seek's business really suffering this this year, at least from that. Mm. Their education division, Seek Education, profit fell 85%. Um, they're really, really struggling. They actually sold the IDP education business for a, for a nice price, which was good. Mm. Unfortunately, the bit they've still got really still suffered, struggled. Um, very, very tough business. I'm not a big fan of the education business, quite frankly. Mm. Um, the, the Bassett boys who started Seek, though, have probably more, more idea than I do. So I'm not going to necessarily write them off just yet. Um, but look, the main business, the main uh, employment business doubled the mid-teen growth in Australia, New Zealand, and sales and profit. A really, really strong result. Just showing how much of a lock seek has on the employment market here in Australia. And frankly, the international businesses they have also doing very, very well. They've got businesses in China and the rest of Asia, um, Central America. This is a company that has done a fantastic job of taking Australian know-how, Australian technology, Australian marketing um, to to some of the rest of the world. And they're, they're doing a fantastic job of, of being successful there, particularly in China, as I said. That is going to be a long-term success story from Seek. I think they're doing a fantastic job. Unfortunately, in this case, education really kicked them in the backside. Mm. Um, I don't really know that Seek has a long-term future in the education business. Again, the Bassett boys, Andrew and Paul, may have a different view. Um, but I, I, I'd be happy for them to get out of that, quite frankly. The, the good news for consumers, or sorry, for investors, I should say, is their core in, in employment business is doing very, very well and continues to perform very strongly, even in what's otherwise a relatively moderate market for employment right now. So you're a buyer? Yeah, I am. I like Seek. Okay, great. Real money advice from real people. Not just a couple of dicks with a Porsche. Get more at fool.com.au forward slash triple M. Uh, let's go to Qantas now. 57% increase in profit. Some big the, numbers. There's the best result. And this is from a very large, you know, old business. The jet fueled well. kangaroo, not the flying kangaroo. <laughs> That's exactly right. The best result they had in their 95-year history. And you know what? They reinstated their dividends. There's been a long hiatus on that front. And shareholders now going to get a seven-cent dividend. The heavens have opened. The angels are singing. That's it. Cash is falling from the sky. <laughs> Um, so, not literally. <laughs> not, well, let's not go there. Um, what do you think? Look, the Qantas world is spectacular. This is this is a business that's done. I think I think airlines are terrible businesses, Andrew. As we've told our listeners I'll, before, I'll agree with you there. So that's the first thing. I would say for what it's worth, Alan Joyce has got his share of brickbats from the commentators, from the public, and from government over time. Yeah. He has done a spectacular job Tough of calls he's making made, yep. Qantas as successful as it is. It's mm-hmm. a very, very, very good result. Um, he is, he's done all the things right. You know, this is in airlines. If you if you run a business really, really well, you have an okay result. Yep. If you run it badly, you'll send it broke. And so, frankly, if Alan Joyce can leave Qantas when he finally does with a business in in decent shape, that's a that's a that's a strong result. It's, it's, given how many airlines go broke every decade. That being said, the result now is all about oil prices. You have a situation where the oil price has fallen through the floor. Yep, that helps a lot. Airline seat yep. prices have stayed high. And so what happens, your margins expand and expand very, very, very quickly. Yep. Oil that fuel is, is the number one cost of most airlines behind the airplanes themselves. Mm. And so thinking about, you know, if, if your main input prices go down, you keep mm. your prices high, mm. you're going to make a big margin. That's mm. exactly what's happened with Qantas. And it's going to stay that way forever, right? Well, here's the problem. <laughs> Over the last 40, 45 years, the evidence is no, it won't. And this no. is maybe, maybe, maybe this time it's different. Uh, unfortunately, every time someone says that, they're almost certainly wrong. So this is a situation where airlines are incredibly competitive businesses. There are far, far more seats available than there are people to fly. Yep. And what that means is airlines will fight each other over seats and over passengers mm. and drop their prices in the meantime. If your costs go down, only needs one airline to say, 
you know what, guys, we can drop our price a little bit and try and steal some share from the other mm. from the other airlines because mm. our price are lower, so we can afford to drop our costs. Big big old race to the bottom. And that's exactly what yeah. happens. So one airline does it, the other one responds, and the other one responds, the other one responds, and all of a sudden you're back again on razor thin margins. Mm. Maybe as I said this time, it's different, but I'll tell you what: if you own Connor shares, I'll be running to my broker and trying to sell them right now. Well, you've probably done well, thirty seven percent per year over the last three years, which is fantastic. Exactly. Who'd, have, who'd have thought that? Although over the last ten years, you'd, you'd be lucky to, to keep up with inflation. And frankly, over any given decade, the airline industry as a whole internationally mm. almost always loses money literally over a decade the entire airline industry every every airline in the world ends up with a negative result well i'm going to guess that you're you're going to say no to buying so i'll move on <laughs> i'll move on to the last one i'm only going to say no to buying i'm going to say yes to selling and selling quickly <laughs> okay get more motley fool money advice at fool.com.au forward slash triple m the reject shop uh, you'll have seen plenty of these around in the big centers you're looking there at a get this a 40% increase in its underlying, in fact, sorry, 47% increase in its underlying net profit. The dividend was increased by 40%. Um, what did you make of this? Yeah, this is a turnaround story writ large, and we won't spend too much time on this one. Reject Shop went through some tough times at the wrong products at the wrong prices for yep. quite a while. Yep. The shares fell hard, and we recommended it at the service we run, Motley Fool Share Advisor. Um, the shares fell further, quite frankly. We looked like idiots for a little while. The shares are up strongly since that point, uh, and, you know, Reject Shop really just. You know what? Retail is detail, as they say, and yep. and the reject shop is basically getting it right. They're, they're getting the right products in the right place, the right prices, yep. and people are buying them. Yep. That's the Keep, recovery. Keeping their eye on costs, absolutely. Yep. So, is it still worth buying? Yeah, look, I think it is. It's a it's a, it, it's a reasonable quality business. I, I'd probably hold at the current price. Um, if it falls too much further, maybe it's worth buying. Probably a hold for me at the moment. Okay, fair enough. Okay, well, here, here's the thing that I wanted to get to. So, we looked at some really interesting numbers there. Woolies, you know, the worst result it's ever seen, you know, and yet shares went up 7% in the wake of those results. Blackmore's more than doubles its profit and shares fell 20%. The reject shop, we're talking there, did a yep. massive, massive increase in its profit, really getting its its house in order. And their shares were down a, a huge chunk as well. In fact, about shares down about 25% or yep. so. Explain to me, <laughs> explain to me how that can happen. Uh, market's mad. No, well, partly actually. Well, that's partly true. that's true. That's partly true. Look, <laughs> here's God. the thing. You know, the, the market is at expectations. And so both current expectations of the year just gone and expectations of the year to go. Mm. And if you look at someone, the rigid shop's a really nice place to start. The first thing was investors are already expected these sort of results. And so the shares were up very, very strongly over the last 12 or 18 months. Very strongly. When the results came out, everyone went, great. Well, that, you did what we thought. So that yeah. justifies the current share price. Yeah. And the company said, oh, profit next year should be higher than this year. And without any other numbers, it wasn't 10% higher or 5% higher or 20%. It just should be higher. That kind of gives you the sense that maybe flat to up a little tiny bit. Maybe they're not sure. Maybe they're not even confident. And investors who bought the turnaround story are all of a sudden thinking, oh, geez, I hope this isn't isn't more bad news. Maybe this was the flash in the pan result. Maybe the one year was great, but... Geez, maybe they've maybe they've put it all out, and this is as good as it gets. We better get out for, while the getting's good. Yep. And investors selling off the shares. Well, you said it before, didn't you? When you buy a share, you're exposing yourself to the future performance. The market is always looking forward. It's the same explanation behind Blackmore's. Yeah, an absolutely cracker result. Yep. But with them coming out and saying, "Hey, the first quarter of this has been uh, this current year has been tough." Um, people are going, well, hang on, these, these, you know, we've, we've really been factoring in some super strong growth. Now you're telling us that not only is that growth slowing, but in the first quarter, it will actually go backwards. So I, I guess that was the reaction and why shares were down 20% afterwards. Spot on. And you look at Woolworths is the inverse situation where investors are finally seeing some green shoots of growth, positive comparable sales. They've now got rid of masters. Everything's kind of behind them. And investors are finally saying, 
you know what? We were pessimistic for such a long time. Mm. Maybe, just maybe, Woolies is turning the corner. Maybe we get better go and buy some shares. And she has up 7% as a result of investors saying, thank God it's all gone now. We're, we're prepared to hope and believe in the future that ahead that's going to be brighter than the past. And maybe shares are now a bargain. Enough investors thought that and the share price shot up. Mm. So, Phil, when you're thinking about buying shares, remember this is an expectations game. You're buying the future profits. And if investors already factored that in, even the best results in the world will see shares fall. Mm. And on the flip side, if you're buying shares and the market hates them, if the results are terrible, you'll, you'll get punished even worse. But if you manage to deliver a decent result or even a less bad result than the market was expecting, mm. you can see shares shoot high. And we've seen that with some resources companies, Andrew, in particular, where profits can be down 50 or 60%. The profits, the share price yeah, jumps yeah, BHP, because it's not as dead as people thought it might be. So uh, we, well, one thing we get a lot from our, our, our members is, is now and again, is like, well, okay, I get that. But should I just wait until that share price stops falling and then buy in. That makes ah, sense, doesn't it? Absolutely. You should exactly do that. And if you could tell me how to do it, then let me know. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, look, yes, you know, of course it wouldn't have Just buy world. low, sell high. It's if easy, you knew what was going to happen, you would have already picked the winner of Lotto or the winner of the races or the Lotto numbers last week and you, you were listening to this from the Bahamas. Yep. Um, you can't, it's just not possible to do. And you say, well, look, as soon as the share price starts going up, I'll buy. And you would do that and then the share price goes up a little bit then crashes down. Mm. Or you say, I'll wait till it falls and falls a little bit then it jumps back up. You, you simply can't know what comes next. Even if you know what's come before it, mm. you can't know what's next. No one can. It's not possible despite those people who try and sell you software that says you can. It's just <laughs> simply not possible. So mm. rather than trying to work out what might happen or sorry, more, more importantly, try and work out what might happen to the share price, mm. Look for value, buy value when you see it. And hang on, the reject shop, as I said, we bought it nine bucks, I think. The shares went to six um, and we look like real deals, but we believe in the turnaround strategy. And when it came to the past, shares are up to 14. Now they're about 11.50. Um, so we're off those highs, but still it was well and truly worth our while being confident in that recovery. If you try and be too clever about these things, you end up saying, oh, I bought it at nine, the share price fall to six, I better sell. Mm. You missed the recovery. Yeah. And equally, if you're waiting for the recovery to come, you say, great, now it's 14 bucks. You buy the shares, now it's back at 11. You've lost twice. And Blackboard's is a great example. It went from 30 to 220. Yeah. Blackboard's is doing spectacularly well. But if you bought it 220, you're sitting on a loss of around 40 or 50% as yeah. we speak yeah. um, with, with the shares now down 120, 130 bucks. So, yeah. you know, there, there are right and wrong times to buy. More importantly, buy quality businesses, buy them at decent prices yeah. and hold on for the long term. Let, let time do the work. Yeah. And that's, in speaking of time, it really isn't about timing, isn't it? It's, it's something that's hard to embrace, but it, it is so true. So and speaking of time, we're out of it, Andrew. As always, we always look at this and think how are we going to fill the time and then we always go over it's time to go thank you so much for your time scott uh thank you fools for listening in before we go don't forget you can subscribe to triple m's motley for money through itunes or the favorite uh, android podcast app and uh on the website too triple m.com.au forward slash podcast and if you like what we're doing we really hope that you do please give us a five-star rating on itunes and tell your friends i'm sure they could do with a bit of foolish straight talk too but that does wrap it up for this week thanks again for listening we'll be back next week with another dose of Foolish Insights. Fool on. Fool on. The Motley Fool and people appearing in this program may have positions in the companies mentioned. General advice only. Please speak to your financial professional to understand how it may pertain to your situation. Subscribe to the free newsletter at fool.com.au forward slash triple M. The Motley Fool operates under financial services license 400691.